Thursday, February 9th, 2023, and ding-dong, the streak is dead. The Pelicans have won professional basketball games. It is nice to be talking about something that is not that losing streak, and I am happy to be here with you. This is Scott Kushner alongside, of course, Mr. Andrew Polk. This is our annual Polk and Kush reminder to all the fellas. This is the... uh, Final Polk and Kush episode before Valentine's Day. Oh, yes. If you remember Valentine's Day, you got to do something. <laughs> this is your warning. Do so- Go buy something. Are you a Valentine's Day person? I mean, to the extent I have to be. <laughs> yeah. We've never done it. We started dating like the day before Valentine's yeah. Day. And she said like, oh, I don't really care about that just to be nice. And you were yeah. like, okay, forever. <laughs> it was also, yeah, it was like the first, you know, it was like we had just barely started talking to each other so it was like hey you know like whatever what are we gonna do about that and then just kind of never been a thing and it's been great because it's a really there's so many things to celebrate especially once you have three freaking children where you have three birthdays then you each have each other's birthday you have an anniversary and then holidays and it's like this is nuts there's too many days so cutting out valentine's days feels very appropriate yeah that's especially a, here because mardi gras overwhelms it anyway that's a great man argument <laughs> yeah see honey we have mardi gras why why would we need to go out for dinner <laughs> i always did like that when mardi gras. i told you i loved you at the kids bar mitzvah <laughs> i don't really uh, I'm cooking for Valentine's. Um, you know, I waver back and forth between going out and cooking. I think Valentine's is the worst night in history to go out and go to a restaurant. Yeah. I mean, going to a restaurant kind of sucks anyway now. <laughs> Just in general. Everything's a million dollars. The service stinks no matter where you go. Yeah. I'm just going to cook <laughs> at home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what's your... Uh piece de resistance i don't know i might do something traditional some steaks okay on the, you know patio grill next to the hot tub <laughs> and then a big night in the inflatable hot tub yeah yes. we can <laughs> bring paris to us <laughs> i don't know probably something like that that sounds lovely i don't know i mean I, I, any suggestions nothing i have nothing going out to eat on valentine's day night seems like one of the most like Rube moves you could possibly. I think it's for people that are 16 to like 25. That checks out. Yeah. That checks out. You you know that you're supposed to, the Valentine's Day is a day that you could get laid. So you have to go out and do something. And you're desperate to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. God. Yeah, it's a holiday. It's one of those holidays that I forgot existed for a long time. Yeah. Because we didn't do it. And then, like, I had kids. They're like, oh, yeah, bring your Valentine's to school. It's like, oh, yeah, this is like a thing. Oh, yeah, the kids have to do, like, yeah, superhero, yeah. Thomas the Tank Engine, that bring kind of. Bring something for everyone in the class, that kind of thing. Did you ever do that as a child? Yeah. Yeah, it was stupid. I mean, it was, you walked around and handed some basically trading card to somebody with like a name on it it was very dumb it's It's a dumb tradition (laughs) we have some traditions that are less dumb would you say that to your children's face yes hey this is dumb this is really dumb i don't Don't know why don't give that kid a lollipop this is stupid (laughs) you couldn't even do that though it was like a card Uh, i was like who wants a card yeah i had you're in first grade cards yeah Little like Ralph Wigamy, you know the I choo choo choos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what is the what is the purpose? This is just to just to spend money. Yeah, it's just a reason to spend money. It's a reason to buy candy mm-hmm. on the fifteenth and sixteenth when it's half price at CVS. <laughs> I don't know. I was always partial to those Mickey Mouse Love Pops. Oh, I've never had those. The red hearts. Okay. The cherry. 
It's just a giant cherry lifesaver in the shape of a heart. That's pretty sweet. I mean, that's worth love. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, my mom used to get me some candy and stuff. That was cool. I liked that part. That was a good part of Valentine's Day. Um, yeah, it just, it, what's the point? Uh, here, I feel like it just gets totally overshadowed. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't exist because, I mean, I, is it on Saturday? It's on the 14th, whatever day that is. I believe it's next Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, so there will not be parades. But often it is at like on a day where there are literally parades. I'm like, I, I don't, like, you can't even get anywhere, much less go do something like that, you know? Well, I think on those nights, a Valentine's dinner at Juan's Flying Burrito is perfectly <laughs> acceptable. It's a shame they got rid of that upstairs of McDonald's on St. Charles Avenue. Yeah. That, that was my favorite romantic hotspot. I don't think there's any rule saying you can't bring a tablecloth and a candle into church's chicken. <laughs> the egg roll house on oh, yeah. veterans is very high end. They were in the paper today for meals <laughs> under $10. It's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> we know. the egg. My go-to, like... Uh, weekend for years was the egg roll house was four ninety nine for an entire thing of general's chicken which was like 30 pounds in the box it was you couldn't even hold it the box was so big it would like pop open they would give you two boxes because it was so big that was less than five dollars and then you'd go get a case of natty light for 8.99 at the Savas center wow now the rouses it was Looking back, those are just the days, man. If you had $20, what a weekend you could have with those two things. <laughs> I have I have three meals worth of food, and I have 24 beers. You were better than me. I never planned out for the meal. I would just go buy the case <laughs> of Keystone. There was, there was like two years where I think all I drank was Keystone. Do you know the urban legend about Keystone? It's Coors Light, it's right? It's Coors Light with a dent in the can. Okay. And... Whenever you you know, whenever you look for a dent in a can, you usually find it. Sure. So the I don't know if the legend has been dispelled. Yeah. But I certainly tried to drink my way to the truth of it. I would also get the ice option, which had more alcohol. <laughs> the Keystone ice. And tastes much worse. It tasted like lithium. Uh, I had a friend whose dad was when we, even when we were like early in college, his dad was like seventy eight years old. He was like, you know, one of the like like it just well, married for the second time, but like just had kids when he was way older. Everybody else's dad was like, you know, in their late fifties, and he was like almost eighty, <laughs> and he would just rip butt ices <laughs> in awesome. his garage. And I was like, that's awesome, man. Like, I just want to be an old guy ripping butt ices by myself. Men from that generation understand value. <laughs> Got some red dogs. I don't. I I don't remember the last time I had an ice beer or any <laughs> enhanced alcohol beer. <laughs> Do they still make them? They have to. I haven't been to like the beer aisle at a grocery store and like looked through through the options. Yeah. Like it's just kind of like, all right, I'm grabbing this in three seconds and I'm walking out of there. I'm sure, you know, if we have some Tulane listeners, they probably know. Yeah. We went to the boot years ago. That was awesome. I bet they had some ice beers. <laughs> I uh, I do I can very much remember the euphoria of one day at Save a Center the case of natural light dropped from nine ninety nine to eight ninety nine the first time in the history that was the good old days of George W Bush my president uh, <laughs> he knew how to tackle inflation we were deflationing at Save a Center uh, you know he didn't know how to do anything else but the beer was cheap I'm sure than. the beer was just expired I'm sure I'm sure they they were like well we mark this down a dollar all these morons will gobble this up, you know. It's like we've got all this excess. I remember it being like a national holiday. That's how excited we were. As it dropped from nine ninety nine to eight ninety nine for a case, and uh, and we bought a lot of them. It was good times. Yeah, they had like Santa Claus on them, but it's March. <laughs> the, yeah, they were like they must have been buying other people's expired beer and be like, we'll take it for three bucks. You know, we'll sell to these morons. They'll drink anything. Uh, I drank a lot of natural light. That was my that was my taste of choice. It was the best, man. It still is the best. You can't drink natty light in public now. First of all, you can't get it at a bar, and that's really the only time I ever drink now is at a bar or a restaurant. No one sells like a <laughs> bottle of natty light. No, it doesn't exist. They can't bring it out to the table. And no, put the cork on it. I I I'd had, happily buy it if it was at a bar. 
I've had Natty Light at a bar. Um, it was somewhere in Ocean Springs. Like a bottle? The, the joint. Not a bottle. Okay. It was a can. Okay. And they, they kind of like play it up. They give it to you in the paper bags. You can be like, ooh, look at me. Oh, good. I'm so cool. <laughs> I'm homeless. I'm like a poor person <laughs> on the TV. Am I on the wire? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> in Ocean Springs of all places. Like the fakest quaint town in America. Well, it, Actually, I, it's really cool. I, like, I don't know why I shit on Ocean Springs like that. It's a fun town. It reminded me of, uh, I don't know if you saw, there was a picture on uh, Instagram from, I think, the Washington Post about the most white flight and reverse white flight cities in America, and it was just a collage of goons outside of Saturn Bar <laughs> on St. <Saint> Claude. <laughs> Everybody had like a cheetah print mustache. <laughs> Like a reverse mullet. Everybody's in Carhartt overalls, even though they're graphic designers. They've never worked at a muffler shop. But those are the kind of people that be like, "Ooh, where's the slumming at?" Yeah, let's have our natty light out of a out of a paper bag. Wouldn't that be PBR fun? light? This is what poor people drink. It's real cosplaying. We live on the train for a year after I, you know, graduated from Oberlin. Yeah, it's a <laughs> that's a whole different that's a whole different conversation for a different day. Uh, you used to work with all those people, the train people. I sure did. Yeah, how'd that go? Uh, I think uh, that I think one of my former employees hit a head in his RV freezer. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Did you have people get arrested in the shop? Uh, the cops uh, came to arrest somebody once <laughs> while I was there. That, honestly, that feels. Like, better than you would hope for. It wasn't the first time they'd been there, and I don't think it was the last either. <laughs> but yeah, they, they came by to pick somebody up. Oh they got God. him, too. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh, And then I'm just watching, like, fuck, now I gotta <laughs> put up a help wanted ad. Like you're back to Craigslist. Yeah. Oh, for nine dollars an hour, you get to work with Yeah, him. I'm glad I'm the manager here for eleven dollars an hour, <laughs> while the People that own the place are in Aruba. <laughs> yeah, I'll just uh, clear these syringes out of the way. Uh, screwdriver got arrested. We'll be. We need... I'll, I'll fix it on the payroll system. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> he, his social security number happens to be the same as mine now. <laughs> That's. That's that was you should have written a book about that. There's uh, still time. There. I know there's always time uh, and there's always time to talk about the New Orleans Pelicans. There we go. It is nice to talk about a team that is not losing every single game. Uh, the Pelicans have won three consecutive basketball games. It has happened before. That is a winning streak. Pretty good. Yeah. New Orleans beat the Lakers on Saturday night, turned around and one on, I can't even remember who they played. After the Lakers, they the played Kings. the Kings. I, had, I brought my three-year-old to watch the Kings game. That was, they just blew them out of the water. Uh, and then they beat the Atlanta Hawks uh, on Tuesday night. A, uh, you know, not perfect necessarily, but damn good. And, uh, you know, we'll get into all the Zion stuff. That's obviously the most pressing news of the of the day. But good to see this team win some games. Good to see them kind of, you know, integrate Brandon Ingram back into the fold. Uh, it went well, and and them just make some shots and play well. And, you know, all we needed to do was keep the faith for seven and a half weeks. <laughs> this negativity, 10 games, everybody loses 10 games. You just got to keep the faith and know that this team is going to come back together. The three wins in a row, that constitutes a streak. I don't know if two is a streak. I wouldn't mm -hmm. say two is a streak, but no. three... Three's a streak. Three's a streak. It was just, uh, they were fun wins. You know, you beat the Lakers, always fun. The Kings, who gives a shit, but a blowout's a blowout. And the Kings are good. That's a lot of fun. And and against Atlanta, you got to see uh, some coaching take place. Uh, you saw uh, changes happen mm -hmm. that allowed them to play better in the third quarter. I think they had like six turnovers. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta had six turnovers in the third quarter. They only had like two in the first half. Yeah. So it was nice to see changes, adjustments. Willie's coaching has been questioned a little bit, not by us, 
but I, you know, it's been floating around there in the Pelicans ether. It's been uh, it's been nice to see some response to that from the Pelicans coaching staff. I think the rotations have been a little bit better. Yeah, it's been nice to see Kyra Lewis out there. It's uh, it's just been a streak for everybody. They're shooting more threes. The right guys are shooting three pointers, and I yeah. think that's most of what the problem was. You had Herb Jones taking a lot of threes, and and, and frankly, when you were missing Brandon Ingram for a, a good portion of that streak, there just wasn't a lot of places to turn. It was a lot of Jose Alvarado threes. You know, there's a lot of Jonas shots in general. It was it was hard to find offense. The offense sucked. They were the worst offense in the NBA for, uh, I think, the last five weeks until this weekend. Uh, they really kind of found a way. And uh, I don't know what they ended up. The final numbers, I don't know what they were against the Lakers and the Hawks, but they the Belgians had like 70 points in the first half against Sacramento. Like, they, they were scoring at a rate that is uh, not just league average, but well above it. And after five weeks of just sucking, endlessly sucking on offense, it was a huge sea change. And I, I don't know. I'm not, I guess I'm not a smart enough basketball person to really understand what they did differently, but it looks a lot different. And obviously Ingram playing helps a lot, but he didn't play against Sacramento. Because uh, that was on a back-to-back. Right. So he sat. And even then, I mean, Trey Murphy was just lighting it up. Basically, you just need C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and Trey Murphy to be the guys taking your shots. And if those guys can get open looks from three, you're going to be okay most nights on offense. As long as it's not Herb Jones, Jose, Najee. Like, those guys can take a three every mm-hmm. now and again. Uh, not saying they should, you know, just completely avoid the line. But those you got to lean on the other guys. And once those guys are getting the volume of the shots that you need, and they need more volume, they need to take, like every other NBA team, 35 threes, especially when Zion's not in there. Um, and and I think they're in good shape. I just It feels like they did kind of turn something on. I don't know how sustainable it is necessarily, but certainly if Brandon Ingram is locked into the place that he was those last two games, uh, they're going to be just fine. Because he sucked against Denver in the, the last game of the losing streak or against was it Dallas, the last game of the losing streak, he sucked. And, uh, and then they, he, they get to the Lakers and, and turn it on. And that was a massive night for them. Well, Brandon Ingram has progressed as he should have in these games back. He's gotten better each time he's been on the court. And a lot of the Pelicans trade mania right now is we need outside shooting and we need rim protection. I said on the last episode, and I still contend, that we I don't think we necessarily need to make a big move for a shooter. Yeah. I think there are plenty of shooters on this team when the team is healthy and functional, and I think we've seen that to some degree yeah. during the win streak. Uh, the Pelicans taking more threes. Uh, Sacramento had like 42, somewhere in that range, 42 three-pointers against the Pelicans and just couldn't hit. But the Pelicans have been shooting about 33-pointers for the win streak, yeah, and they've been shooting a little over 50%. Yeah, that's I don't know if that's sustainable. Yeah. That's th- crazy. That's not, but you can see that there is enough shooting talent on this team. When you yeah. get Zion in there, it's going to open up even more. So I'm, I'm still backing off of the big move. Mm-hmm. We need a shooter. I don't think we need a shooter. We just need guys to take the right shots. Yeah. There are a lot of guys on this team that can shoot. Yeah. Some of it is a law of averages thing, right, where you just miss so many shots for so long that eventually it was going to kind of go the other way. You weren't going to just – they're not bad enough to just keep breaking these shots over and over and over again forever. Um, It felt like forever. Ten straight losses felt like a very, very long time. And there have been some bad shooting streaks even in the winning streaks. I mean, CJ had an abysmal run uh, when the Pelicans were winning games and were at the top of the West. Mm -hmm. So bad shooting is nothing new. No, it's not. And and they'll have another bad shooting stretch, but it does feel uh, like this is the team you saw close out the end of last season, which really was the mystery of it. It's like this is essentially the exact same group that got through the play-in and then you know went shot for shot with Phoenix in the playoffs. How is this team so much worse right now? Uh, and I do think getting home helped, and I think having, uh, you know, the, the Lakers are not very good. The Kings had a really bad night, and the Hawks, I think, are pretty mediocre. So you kind of got some get-right opponents at home, good crowds. Uh, all those things helped significantly, 
but they really just needed to win a goddamn game. Man, the Lakers look like the greatest YMCA team of all time. <laughs> you want to talk about like how important is a coach in today's NBA? There is no coach on the Lakers. No. Those guys are doing whatever they want all the time. Yeah. They could have been playing the Benny Hill music <laughs> for a lot of that game. Yeah. I mean, the Lakers stink. They got D'Angelo Russell tonight. So that will help them. I'm curious to see what kind of run they're able to make. So no more Russell Westbrook on that team, which makes them way less entertaining. I wish, uh, you know, D'Lo does the ice shot. He does like the syringe to his arm. Yeah. Kyrie should do that (laughs) for the vaccine. Oh, I got it. Yeah. You know? No shot. Yes. He's pulling it out of his arm. That's what he's doing when he makes the shot. Um, yeah, man. The Lakers, but that that's the teams they have to contend with, right? So you're looking, I think right now they're in the eight spot, but really everybody in the West is bunched up from three to 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good week or a bad week can kind of change everything. And it's put a lot of pressure on each one of these games as you go through them. You're down to about. 20 i think there's 23 games left 24 games left maybe of the season uh all-star game is a week from sunday so there's not a lot of time uh to kind of get this thing right and the big news that came out this week is you're gonna have to wait to see this team play together so i i think they've played a grand total of seven games they're your big three uh, of mccollum ingram and zion uh, and it turns out, believe it or not, guys, the injury timetable on Zion is going to be a little longer than you thought. If I told you at the beginning of this season, hey, when the Pelicans are 27 and 27, would you have believed that only seven of those games would have the full lineup? Yeah, I guess. I'm, I don't. I don't know how that is. Like, that's probably exactly what I would have expected. If you were like, almost every game they'll have two of the three yeah because like that team last year felt like a you know above 500 team and they didn't have zion but yeah they missed two of the three way too many games that has hurt them a lot but dude it's just like it's so frustrating how long this team has dealt with his injury Bullshit. Does this happen to anybody else? I mean, you you put out a pretty significant list today. It's crazy. It's every year. Every year, every star. It, it The only year they've been healthy, in my recollection, is the year where Stan Van Gundy was coaching them into a grave. Yeah. And nobody could watch the games in person anyway. That's because nobody wanted to exert themselves during those games. <laughs> there was minimal physical risk. I mean, I think that's the only season I can think of where one of the team's three best players didn't miss 30 games. Yeah. Every other year, somebody missed an extreme amount of time. Or like, I think David West one year got hurt, but it was like 70-something games into the season. But he was out for the year. Like, he missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So th- that team was dead. Uh, it's just never stopped for 20 goddamn years. It's the same thing. They deal with the same thing. And my first reaction when I heard about this today was just to fire the medical staff. I was like, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> just even, I know it's not their fault. It, it, I don't know that. It might be their fault. Just fire them for the posterity of saying this is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. It, every time it lasts longer than you think it is, it's worse than you think it is. They're like, oh, well, I think it's going to be a couple. And then the news is worse. Every time Brandon Ingram missing 29 games, the bruised toe is outrageous. And now, again, that probably has nothing to do with the medical staff. I think that was mostly on Ingram. But Zion misses all year last year. Like something is wrong. But it's been wrong with like six different medical staffs. Well, the only season uh, where there were no crazy injuries was also the only season where several members said that they wanted to quit playing the sport of basketball <laughs> because they hated Stan Van Gundy as a coach that much. So what is the trade-off? Yeah. Willie yeah. Green, very likable. Players uh-huh. love him. They're mm-hmm. dropping like flies. Yeah. There has to be some balance here. If you bought season tickets when Zion got drafted, how many home games have you actually gotten to see him play in? 20? 25 it's got to be around that because there was a whole COVID. he played the COVID season yeah 
but no one could go to the games, or very few did. There was like, I think it was like 2,000 people allowed in the whole arena. So that season, let's erase that. That's like the bulk of his games. This year, he's already missed more than half the games. I think he's played in 29 of 60 by the time he comes back. So, and what did he play the, the the first year? I think he didn't come back until late January from his rookie, his rookie year. Yeah, that sounds right. So he's played, and then he didn't play at all in year three. So that is an insane amount of time to miss. An insane, insanely uh, small sample of what you've given fans who have paid for tickets to watch Zion. Again, probably not Zion's fault. Maybe not the team's fault, just the way shit goes. But it sucks. It sucks. And it's just like it's so predictable now that when he got hurt on January 3rd, it was like, yeah, he's going to be gone a long time. Yeah. I. There's a week. There's another week. And then there's another week. And now it is definite. It is rock solid that it will not be until after All-Star break. But there's no date set of like... The day after All-Star break. No. So this is just pushing it down the line even yeah. further. If the Pelicans keep winning, no one's really going to care enough to ruffle any feathers. And every every person you talk to around there, sources, and every like cryptic tweet that came out from people who are quasi-connected, everything was like, oh, things are going great for Zion. I think he's going to play Friday night against Cleveland. Like things are looking good. It was a game time good. decision, I believe. Yeah. It was all this, like he's going great, going great. Everything's good. Like he's ahead of schedule. And then of course they actually do the announcement and up oh, the groundhog saw a shadow two more weeks of injury time. It never stops. Every time you think that things are going to normalize, they never normalize. And that happened with Ingram too. It took forever to get him back on the court. Um, that was supposed to be like a, a weak injury, and instead it was nine weeks, you know? This is, uh, I mean, when the injury initially happened, they said imaging was three weeks away. And so I think a lot of people were like, oh, in three weeks he'll come back. Now, those of us who've ever watched this team knew when they said imaging was in three weeks, there was no chance he was coming back in three weeks. But I thought that meant closer to four weeks than it did to eight weeks. And that's about where you're headed right now. And that's uh, unfortunate. It's dispiriting. It's annoying, honestly, because I just want to, and I'm sure it is for the Pelicans too, I, we just want to watch them play as a team. How do you know who they are? How can you make some giant move at the deadline when you have no idea what this team looks like together? There is a chance that the team will be healthy and will be on the floor together to finish out the season together. Sure. That's important. How many games is it going to be? Is it going to be 20 games? Is it going to be 19 games? How many of those are going to be on the road? It's the, the best case scenario is that it's like 21 games at this point. It's not that's what the, you want. No. <laughs> that's the best. You think they're actually going to play those all those games together? No. You don't think Brandon Ingram's going to get hurt for four or five of those games? We're looking at about 13 to 14 full games together for the end of the season. Yeah. There's going to be a lot riding on other teams' health. Yeah. And I just hope they don't get caught in that in that play-in shit. Because the, the team is not as rock-solid as they should be health-wise, and you want to limit their time with extraneous nonsense. It, you know, they, the, the play-in last season was rapid-fire. It was back-to-back-to-back. It was three games. Yeah. Very, very slim time frame. Well, because the end of the regular season felt like the play-in because yeah. they had to win that last week. To and get we could in. be yeah. looking at that again this season, too. And yeah. you just don't want to, especially seeing where they have been. Yeah. And you also don't want to leave this season, which for the most part, until January, has been a really fun season. You don't want to leave that up to a one-game sample where you have a bad shooting night and the season's over. And like that would be such a bummer, especially if those three guys are healthy. It just feels like you can compete with anybody in the West. And they were. And they, well, without those three guys, they've competed against anybody mm-hmm. in the West. And that's what's really hard to fathom is like, what are they capable of? And how do you go and make some giant swing at this trade deadline when you truly don't know where you're lacking? Like, I guess. You could upgrade Valanchunas. You could always add a shooter. You could, but like, 
you don't have the kind of assets that make it simple to like unload them for nothing. You know, I, I just I'd like to see Jackson Hayes off this team. I guess I'd like to see Devontae Graham off this team. Not nearly as urgently, but like other than that, like what are, what are you really going to do that's going to make a difference beyond the edge of the margin? How realistic would it be? We need rim protection. What if we ask some of the guys on our team to protect the rim? <laughs> Can they just like tap Valanchunas on the shoulder and be like, hey, buddy, you're big. <laughs> just stand there, man. Can you just stand there and put your arms up? It is. Kind of, I don't know. It is amazing. I'm no basketball scientist, <laughs> but like these are young guys and they're great athletes. If we need them to become a better shooter or a better defender, can we just ask them to do that? It is funny that like the big man, someone like Jonas, when you were looking ten years ago at basketball, would be like, "Well, that's the guy you need on the floor. That's yeah. your defensive. You know, your the back line." And now it's like, no, his feet are very slow, and he might grab a million rebounds, but he's a terrible defender because they just they run around him, yeah, just like Omar Ashik was, right? And it's uh, it's just so funny how basketball has just changed that way. And so when you're talking about a rim protector, like Anthony Davis is the ultimate version of what I guess what a rim protector, like when he was at his peak, that's like what a rim protector looks like. Um, but they're just, I don't know, man. I, I can't tell you what they really need because I don't know who they are. And they don't know who they are. Like, I know they're a good team with Zion on the court. I don't have any doubt they'll be able to compete with almost anybody. I don't know if they can beat everybody, but I, I know they won't be like totally outmatched. Like, they were in some ways against Phoenix last year. That was a underdog taking shots. They were outmatched. Right. Devin Booker was once he was healthy, he was better than everybody else. Chris Paul was more sage veteran and and a winner and you a could level see that the nobody experience. exactly. They had guys that nobody really could match up with, and the Pelicans took their best shot, and they lost in six games, which which felt like a huge win. Yeah, and that, it was. That should not be the case this postseason. The Pelicans should be absolutely as talented as anybody they go up against if all three of those guys are playing. And, you know, so what do you go get? I don't know, man. I, I, I truly, like... Go get someone who's got six fouls to give and just wants to knock the crap out of people. I don't like what's what's the what's the difference? Go hire a goon, you know, to get in there and just you know take people's legs out. Um, it's a weird. They're in a weird spot, and it's uh, it's it's very interesting because normally by this time of an NBA season, you have a pretty good idea of who the best teams in the conference are, who the also rans are, and who the teams just clinging to get into the playoffs are. And this West is like Denver solid. Everybody else is like, I don't know. Yeah. I can see Memphis losing five games in the first round. You know, like they're not great. Right. And there's a lot of crazy drama going on with them right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> when people, when I, I was thinking back to and everyone's like, don't you wish instead of Zion, we'd gotten Ja Morant. And then you see Ja Morant, like, you know, tweeting at people. It's yeah. like, you don't want a guy that tweets. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want Michael Thomas on your basketball team. <laughs> I, I mean, Zion's amazing, man. Yeah. I just wish he'd play. Do you see the slam cover today? No. It's Mardi Gras themed. There you go. It's got the big three on it. You can get a gold foil edition for $93. How did they find all of them at the same time? In the I same think place? it's heavily Photoshopped. <laughs> Was it on a basketball There's court? There's like beads and shit. <laughs> It looks very cool. That's cool. It came out, I think it came out today. If you're spending $93 on a magazine cover, maybe time to reevaluate some things. Just buy 45 lottery tickets. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I have your birthday gift, by the way, that you think is very it's stupid. one of those things that, like, I'm the anti-design guy. You're the pro-design guy. It I'm, looks like, good. I'm sure it looks great. Well, it's cool. I mean, we're the last. When's the last time a, a pelican was on the cover of Slam? Agreed. Yeah, that's that's even. And he wasn't wearing a "That's All, folks." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you didn't burn it like ten minutes after he requested a trade. Uh, no, very very cool. I, I think the Pelicans are fun and in a fun place and very interesting. Uh, a team that's and not in a very fun place and more of like a desperate place is the uh, the Saints. Uh, they 
are in a very weird spot right now with some visitors coming in. We'll touch on that and, of course, a whole lot more. Stick around right here, Polk and Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern to see what prop bet will be boosted. Now, the Super Bowl, it's, I mean, it's the two best teams in the NFL, Kansas City, Philadelphia. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of choice bets to make on this one i've heard it referred to as the big game a lot yeah have you heard that yeah but DraftKings is in with the super bowl <laughs> so we can say super bowl on their behest we don't have to say the big game it's a big game though. or super sunday <laughs> yeah. well that's something else uh yeah it's gonna be great uh of course i'm gonna be betting everything on the super bowl it's gonna be fantastic i've been betting so many nba games recently in college basketball games so i'm very fired up for the super bowl who excites you most <laughs> <laughs> that andy reed he gets me grabbed up i just can't wait to see uh cj gardner johnson who could very well still be on the new orleans saints raise up the Lombardi trophy and say, this could have been you, New Orleans. Mm. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code Bulk and Kush. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code Polk and Kush. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. That's a sponsor. Indeed, it was. Um, yeah. So Super Bowl, that's uh, a game. Saints played in that fifteen years ago. Yeah, it's bad because <laughs> now the like the Instagram graphics and stuff they have like the little info facts don't have the Saints look because it only goes to, like twenty twelve <laughs> now. It's like ah, oh, I can't even see it. The distant distant memory. It's like the the, the you know the Baltimore Colts. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where we're, we're back to this. I believe today was the anniversary of the Tracy Porter interception and the whole game. Yes, there was a whole game. That there was, was a whole game. But the clip I saw said the anniversary of the interception. The anniversary of me tearing my ACL while blackout drunk. What a day. Yep. I um, There were fireworks going off in Ruston and the bar that normally closed at uh, midnight on Sundays stayed open all night and had to pay like $20,000 in fines. (laughs) Totally happy. Yeah. Sure. They made it back. Uh, well, if I know anything about football and I know anything about the big game, the saints are on their way back there because today Derek Carr was in new Orleans talking to the saints brass and that seems like he is going to be the next quarterback of the Saints unless something goofy happens. It sounds like all of the news circling this is that the Saints are going to trade uh, for the Raiders quarterback. And uh, I don't know, man. I, 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 who gives a shit, right? It's hard for me to get enthused about it. The Ra- Knowing the Raiders, they're going to want, um, I don't know, our most unstable player. On <laughs> the old Al Davis years, certainly. So who has think, a D, who got a DUI most recently? Are we yeah. sending Michael Thomas over there? <laughs> Carl Granderson, <laughs> Junior Gallette. What's he up to? David Onyemata. I didn't need yeah. to. Like, uh, how yeah. do you feel about the Saints having the first quarterback in franchise history that wears mascara <laughs> or <laughs> eyeliner? I just I hate the whole concept of it because it's like you're gonna pay this guy a lot of money i think he's guaranteed 
forty million dollars. I mean, it's a lot of money, whatever it is. So that means you're obviously have to reshuffle the whole idea of starting over. The ceiling seems to be win bad division, lose in the first round of the playoffs, potentially the second round of the playoffs. It doesn't feel like you're anywhere in the vicinity of the upper echelon of the league. The Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Eagles, the 49ers all seem worlds better than you with Derek mm-hmm. Carr as your quarterback still, even on this roster. And so what is the point of this? Is the point just to try to win the division and try to keep people remotely interested and in going, I, I just, I would so much rather them play Andy Dalton, trade all their best players, get a bunch of picks, and start over. Because at least I would feel like there's a vision. This feels like the opposite of vision. This feels like they are doing the bare minimum to be interesting and not even trying to win a Super Bowl. Well, I guess the Saints' plan is that they think the pieces are in place, and obviously the quarterback is the only missing one, which is an opinion I don't share. No. And he's not the quarterback to fix it all. He's good. He's okay. You see him in the flag football game? (laughs) Lighten it up out there. He's okay. He didn't win anything with the Raiders. No. He, um, it, I guess pros of having him on the team is he's good enough. He's a hell of a lot better than Andy Dalton. Uh, He's got five or six years left in him as a starter. Yeah. How much better is he than Andy Dalton? I just don't. I I mean, I would say how much better is he than Jameis Winston? I think Winston really got screwed last season. We We didn't get to see what could have happened with him. We went with... The old guy, and it stunk, and it blew up in our faces, and there's going to be a huge question mark over Jameis Winston for the rest of his career. We didn't get to see. We saw some of the flashes, and we didn't get to try it out when it was the absolute perfect time to let him go nuts, have 500 interceptions, and get 500 yards a game. We didn't do that, and now we're looking at Derek Carr as a solution. It Mm. doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, the Jameis getting hurt. And then playing him when he was hurt really killed them. And then them like lying about the injury or like whatever they were doing, the misdirection. I don't know what you call that, where they were just flatly wrong, being like, he's too hurt, he's too hurt, he's too hurt. And it's like, oh, no, he's been healthy enough to play. We're just not playing. It's like, what just happened? So you botched that. There's no way that guy, you, can, you can't bring that guy back. You've totally run him over with the dump truck. So now you either play Andy Dalton, <laughs> you get a new quarterback who sucks, or you trade for Derek Carr and you got to restructure a whole bunch of contracts and change a whole bunch of things like that for the opportunity to be, at best, uh, a little bit above average team. You know, like you're not going to be. I, I just don't see any vision in this. The vision of this feels so like settling. This is like I moved into my 1,800-square-foot home, and I am the happiest I could ever possibly be. This is the best life I could ever lead, and I'm going to stay here for the next 50 years. And it's like, yeah, man, that's nice. That's not like a you – can, you can be decent forever. If the Saints want to be decent forever, then that's fine. Call that what it is, which is you wanted your that that was fine in two thousand when the Saints had never won a playoff game. We're like fantastic. The Saints are gonna win ten games. Holy shit. I'm gonna piss my pants. I'm so excited. We won a wild card round against a Rams team that was dying. Like this is that's incredible. That's not where the this team the fans here don't care about that anymore. We they've been to the playoffs enough. We've seen division titles, we've seen all that stuff. I would so much rather them tear this thing to the ground and watch them try to rebuild it, even if it fails miserably in trying to rebuild it, than showing up to the Superdome week after week knowing there is no vision for the chance for this team to win on a very high level. And that pisses me off. There are pieces on this team that work. Um, Derek Carr, I don't know if he's going to bring out the best in everybody. The Saints doing this seems kind of just like lip service to the fans. It's like, hey, look, we're trying. We're trying to get a big-name quarterback. 
big name, quote unquote. You've seen him put starting up starting quarterback, yeah. Yeah. You saw us uh blank him this year. <laughs> yeah. They were awful. They were awful. They were a bad team. You know, it's it's like he's the, never won a playoff game. It's not like the model of where the Rams uh went and got Matt Stafford. Like that was a good team with a below average quarterback. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. This is not the Rams situation, and I think they might think it is. I've heard a lot of people talking about the Saints' elite defense this season. It's like if they were an elite defense, they would not have looked as terrible as they did. For eight weeks. They were like the worst defense in the NFL for like seven or eight weeks, and then they were very good the second half of the season. Against dog Against shit teams. teams. Yes. They, and it's like, yeah, they beat the Eagles. Like, yeah, they beat the Eagles with Gardner Minshew. There is nothing elite about this team in any facet and throwing uh Derek Carr in there is not is not going to solve all the issues. I think they they have a they have a draft pick. What is it? 23, 24, 29. 29. Yeah. There's got to be somebody around there. The guy from Tennessee, what's his name? Hydrox Hooker. <laughs> And a hooker, yeah. Yeah. But even then, I don't think he's the answer. I wouldn't. No, but if you're blowing everything up. I would, I would, like, I I would rather play Andy Dalton another year and basically do what the Texans did this year and just be terrible and just be like, play undrafted free agents, try everything, run 16 trick plays a game, and just lose. Tulane is going to have to win the Cotton Bowl again, again. <laughs> for you to actually be okay with that. I just, th- this past season, they went, what they end up, eight and nine? Who, the Saints? The Saints? Yeah. It was the most boring season I've ever watched, ever, of a football team. And that only maybe surpassed by the year before when they went nine and eight. And it was horrifically boring also. This team is just deliriously uninspiring. They're not fun. And it's because there is no vision. They're just trying to grind out meaningless wins to win a bad division. And it's like, what is the point? And I get, I see what they are thinking with getting Derek Carr, which is like, you are a quarterback away from probably three or four wins last year. Like you probably don't lose to Arizona. You probably don't lose to Carolina either time. Like, if you had a, a remotely good quarterback, you're in good position in a lot of those games. But you had a terrible quarterback, and so you ended up not winning those games. This, though, you still cannot get to that next level. It is impossible. You're not the 49ers. 49ers have four or five of the best offensive playmakers in football, not to mention the best defense in football. And that's why they can run out Brock Purdy and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, whatever, and win a bunch of games and make themselves a contender. The Saints do not have Debo Samuel. Correct. The Saints do not have Greg Kittle or George Kittle. They don't have any of those guys. Like it is, it is a totally different situation, and it often feels like they're just going, "Okay, who are the other three teams in the division? Well, they all suck. So let's just try to take a step forward rather than try to take ten steps forward, and then we can do enough to say." that they're winning and that they're a good franchise and that they're back on stable ground because they can hang another division championship banner that no one cares about anymore. I think the Saints fan base would rather go to the playoffs and win the division every single year than have three terrible years and risk it all to be a contender again. Do you think so? I, I kind of do. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe that is the safer... I think I'm just jaded by how many times this team went to the playoffs and did nothing with it and how frustrating that was. And those teams were really incredible. Like They were great. <laughs> they were great. I you know, it, with it's a, hard with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. It's hard to have faith that you'll see that again. So you look at some of the dumpster fire teams, the perennial losers of the NFL, and you go, Well, if I can win the division Four out of five years. Why wouldn't I take that? Yeah. And it's like, it's hard to take risk. Yeah. It's like, you know, you could end up being the Jets. Right. That is a problem. And that's looking more realistic. It's certainly a possibility. But there's also a possibility that you become the Bills, Mm -hmm. where, you know, and now they did it for way longer than they needed to, but eventually they got it right. And now they've got a great quarterback and they've built a great roster. And it does feel like in the NFL, what, unless your quarterback is just, out of control good 
you need to have a quarterback that's cheap and on a rookie deal. And that's what Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow and like obviously Brock Purdy, like three of the four finalists, they didn't they had very cheap quarterbacks playing mm-hmm. because the rest of their roster could be so good. Uh, and this the Saints don't have that good of a roster to begin with. And then on top of it, you're going to add a really expensive quarterback who's also not that great. It just seems like such a uh, it just seems it's like try, it's like going for a C plus. Well, Derek Carr's it's like been I'm going the, into this test hoping I get a C plus. Yeah, Carr's just been in the league long enough that it's not really like oh could this be the thing that breaks him out? We we've seen him have good receivers. Yeah. We've seen him have good seasons. Yeah. I don't think he's going to peak over whatever echelon he's already ascended. Yeah. We, I think we've seen the best of Derek Carr. Yeah. He's, a, he's a good quarterback, yeah. but it's not going to be any sort of reckoning no. for the NFC South. The Matt Stafford comparison is perfect. Matt Stafford was putting up like 5,000 yards every season. It was a complete badass and was playing on a god-awful team yeah. for most of his career. He had a couple of good teams there in Detroit early on. And he was mostly playing on a god-awful team. And everyone knew if he got to a better team, they'd be better. That is a different story than this, mm-hmm. where Derek Carr has led a pretty solid Raiders team to like the fringe of the playoffs, and they've lost. And that was it. And there wasn't anything. He's Andy Dalton to me. Like, I don't see a significant... Like, he's he's five years ago, Andy Dalton. You right. know, like... Andy Dalton was and Cincinnati a, was a perennial playoff team and they lost in the first round Absolutely. every year. It was like the and you knew with the, because Andy Dalton was just not that good. And I don't think and, you know, Derek Carr is probably not the main reason the Raiders were losing, but he's definitely played a role in it. And he wasn't that good. And their coaches weren't that good. And the Saints coach isn't very good either. Uh, you know, it, it's very <laughs> who dispiriting. Derek I know Carr, I believe. it's just so dispiriting. Like, I'm not going to quit the Saints. I, I'm not stupid enough to I'm not delusional enough, I should say, to think that I have the ability to just quit caring about this team. I am addicted to them. Uh, I will watch every Sunday. I have no other life to speak of. I'm going to go to the games. I'm going to watch the team. But I have very rarely ever been this just like just demystified by the direction. I am I am uninspired by the direction of the team. I feel nothing toward them. And I just want them all to get fired. And this only makes it worse, quite honestly. I mean, if there's anything you're holding back about your thoughts. <laughs> just go 0-17, draft Caleb Williams. I'm buying 50 season tickets. That's all I want. That's all I want. You're going to have to sign the contract. <laughs> Give me, uh, just write it in a blood. A city of misery <laughs> for a year. <laughs> That's fine. This was miserable. Going eight and nine was miserable. But those Did eight, you enjoy any of those wins? No. They, Maybe the they, first one. If they had lost all of those games, would you have cared? I would have been furious because there was no pick. Yeah, there you go. That is true. But if they had lost every single, like if they had lost that Rams game or lost the Seahawks, who cares? I didn't walk away that Sunday night being like fired up about the Saints. It, it was the most lucid I was for a football season ever, and it's the most blurry. It was terrible. Unless I was betting on them, I had no like... Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Also, watching the silly little flag football all star thing, I was like, where the hell is Taysom Hill? Yeah. He He'd just perfect disappeared into the ether. <laughs> Not even just regarding yeah. the, the Pro Bowl, just with the Saints. Yeah. He's completely dropped out of conversation for everything. He should be the quarterback next year. He should have been the quarterback this year. I, I think he was for the most yeah. part. I just make him the quarterback, go one and 16. <laughs> And go draft Caleb Williams, and I'll be happy. That's all it takes. I just want Caleb Williams. He's so I good. I do, too. He's so much better than anybody else the Saints could possibly get. He's also the only college quarterback that most of New Orleans has seen in the last year or so. Yeah, that's fair. He's awesome. Uh, all right. Well, that was a lot more on the Saints than I was anticipating. Uh, but we will still get you a little bit of that local breakdown. It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and tiny little crawdads. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. Let <laughs> it
You know, there is a fast food restaurant that I've had troubles with in my lifetime, <laughs> maybe more than others. Uh, I stopped going to McDonald's because Mc- it's just, come on. <laughs> I get, I order. I go so many times to McDonald's. But you're like ordering chicken, chicken nuggets, nuggets and yes. ha- I, I have to worker proof my order when i go to mcdonald's i'm like what is something that they cannot spit in pee in what is something that they can't put a weird sauce all over but there's another contender uh popeyes um yeah i there's always complaints about popeyes online and mostly people are fit to leave a bad Yelp review, mm. talk about it on a podcast, maybe call the manager, get cussed out by the manager, sure. told to never come back. Yes. Um, some people, on the other hand, will uh, open fire. <laughs> um, earlier this week, a customer shot a woman at a St. Charles Avenue business. It was Popeye's. <laughs> After an argument with employees, the shooting happened around 7 o'clock last Thursday, the 1200 block of St. Charles, which is, of course, a Mardi Gras parade staple area for danger. Yes. (laughs) It's also where everyone goes, oh, we got to go get Popeye's because we're standing on the parade route. Like, oh, yeah, let's just walk over to that one on by Jackson. It's like, yeah, Yeah. well, uh, somebody got a shot there because of the customer service. Various people on social media said that it happened at the Popeye's restaurant. Uh, The person who answered the phone at the store Friday morning declined to answer the questions. I can't believe they answered the phone. (laughs) I can't believe they have a phone. The franchise owner was not immediately available. Police said the customer, this is funny, it says the customer, dash, a woman, dash, (laughs) The real woke <laughs> WWL TV was involved in an argument with employees inside Popeyes Thursday night. They didn't say what caused the argument. I can guess, but police said <laughs> she was issued a refund and escorted out. That's when authorities said she got a gun from her vehicle and shot through the window of the business, hitting an 18-year-old woman in the leg. It wasn't immediately clear if the woman was an employee or a customer. The shooter fled, but has since been arrested. There's a follow-up art, uh, article. Uh, Jean, I'm not going to say her full name. I'm sure she listens. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the police caught her. Um, the police said that she was issued a refund and escorted out of the store. But soon she after She got a that, refund? She got the refund. Oh, there you go. Which you think would be good enough. But then she walked to her car and got a gun. The victim was struck in the leg. That's it, when you know you have a good value restaurant. When you're like, I'm so pissed I didn't get the food I wanted. That the money is not that important. The, this, the food is so much more valuable than the money. Witnesses gave detectives a cell phone video of the shooting. Recall uh, the investigator recognized the shooter from a previous case, recalling that she had been convicted of a felony charge and therefore was prohibited from owning a gun. She may not have owned this gun. <laughs> I'm sure she didn't. She was just borrowing yeah. it. <laughs> hey, let me... From your friend's truck. <laughs> let me hold that for a minute. Uh, her bond was set to $125,000. That means... Uh, yeah. Come on. What do they Come have on. to do at Popeye's for you to <laughs> go out to the parking lot and become John Wick? You have to know the second you get near a Popeye's and think, we should go to Popeye's. You're like, all right, 30 minutes, I'm in the torture chamber. I know they're taking my life in my hands. I'm dreaming of the food. They know I'm held hostage in this situation. The second that I give them a dollar, it's over. I've the, the second I think about the chicken, I'm Game done. Over. They own me, and I know it's going to be a miserable experience, and I'm going to deal with it. Uh, so I can't even imagine, even with those low expectations for every person that's ever been to a Popeyes, what they had to have possibly done in here, order to elicit this. Here are the rules to going to Popeyes. Number one, cash. Yeah, it has to be cash. 
I used to go to the Popeyes on uh, North Claiborne. They would always tell me that the card reader was broken. <laughs> I don't think it was. That's beside the point. Cash only. Number two, if they don't have spicy, you go with regular. Yeah. Because that's the dreaded area is the pull up. Oh, yeah. The pull up and wait. Oh, yeah. It's your, you've entered limbo. If you pull up, you're gone forever. <laughs> yeah, like just you've been swallowed by a black hole. Like it, the, we'll see you in another dimension. The sir. the people inside Popeyes are a goldfish <laughs> swimming around the bowl. They've forgotten about you when you pull up. Once you've pulled up, you're you don't matter anymore. You're never going to get your food, and you've gotten out of the way. So mission accomplished. <laughs> It's amazing that they went with the tagline, Louisiana fast. We're the slowest people. I think that's in the world. I think they know that. I think that's like a wink, wink. You know, New York quick and Louisiana fast. Very. This person clearly didn't know the rules. I'm going to say they probably asked for spicy Maybe a three-piece. Mm -hmm. There had to have been a side. It's pretty easy to get chicken pieces there. Tinders can take a while sometimes. Yeah. The nuggets definitely take a while. Yeah. You want to avoid those. Sandwiches are the real problem. Oh, God, that's a killer. If you're going to avoid... if you, I don't eat mayo. I can't get the chicken sandwich there because I order it with no mayo. Mm -hmm. It comes with the most mayo a human has ever seen. <laughs> It is dumped. It the looks jar. like Slimer has landed. <laughs> it's so good. I like mayo, so I love the chicken sandwich. I'm thinking this person ordered spicy. Maybe they ordered a difficult side. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the red beans are in a tub, like ready. They just microwave those. The French fries might be the most difficult side at Popeyes. Yeah, because they got to do that in batches, you know? It could have, this could have just been, hey, it's going to be a while. Maybe they told her to pull up even though she was standing inside. <laughs> yeah. She was like, I don't know what that means. Whatever it is, I promise what happened is she ordered, she waited, and they, they handed out the food to like 16 people in front of her. And then she just lost it. Because that's happened to me many times. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I didn't own a gun or borrow it from someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you start pounding the walls and you go, do you have do you have 41? You got, you're calling out 62 right now. What, what happened? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, we're waiting on that wing. Um, you're telling me you've never wanted to. Uh, no, to I am not telling you that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> What else? Um, Latoya got in trouble with a little mail mail call. A mailer. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about it. She sent out. If you happen to live in uh, anywhere where they're doing the recall, I guess she sent out two hundred thousand. Is that what they said it was? I can't remember the exact number uh, of these uh, flyers. Essentially, the same way you'd get a flyer for like someone running for you know constable that yeah. you've never heard of or a car wash yeah. <laughs> it was a hundred and six thousand okay and i mean that's a lot and uh she just basically dumped all these on the city and it's basically like this outlining of her record which is laughable i mean like the city no one is thinking the city is better than it was when she arrived four years ago uh or five years ago now and she's just filling up. She's filling up the zone with bullshit uh, to try to see if anybody will actually bite on it. And uh, and there's no way that's that's legal to do with city funds. They're calling this a yearly recap mailer. Uh, Fox Eight <laughs> is saying that it may have broken state law. These are trifold pamphlets. A uh, hundred and six thousand New Orleans homes received them over the past week. That's got to be every home in the city, right? Uh, I would think so. According to the city, the pamphlets cost $50,000 in taxpayer money, and uh, mailing it out costs uh, significantly more than that. I don't see an exact figure on it, but I think it was something like uh, $100,000 well, to mail them out. Uh, well, yeah. Or, if you're, it's 100000 know, times, 70, what, 000. 50 cents? Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. around that. Um, the flyer has a lot of check marks on it. <laughs> Um, it says they invested $2.6 million, coordinated public health outreach efforts. Um, that The only smooth, easy thing I've ever done 
end my life <laughs> was get vaccinated. Yes. So maybe that is one of these check marks. But I think that had more to do with everyone else. Everyone else. Yeah. Managed FEMA funded renovations for the fire stations. Yeah, that's important. That's that definitely have... more important than me getting carjacked or the fact that every car has been stolen in the city. Invested over $97 million into 14 priority road work projects that were completed. Uh, How many are not completed? $97 million for 14 completed projects seems like a lot. It doesn't seem very uh, efficient. Have you ever seen somebody in one of those like lime green vests and a hard hat not looking at their phone? Installed 5,200 new traffic signs and repaired 2,300 more. I'm guessing traffic signs, uh, they mean lights, right? I don't know. There can't be that many signs. I suppose there could be. Are that many people stealing the Penniston sign? (laughs) Completed more than 25 quality of life enforcement sweeps. That's what I, those are the words I use with quality of life. Uh, enforcement. <laughs> That's what my dad did on vacations. Be like, you're gonna have a good time in Branson. We're gonna sweep you to enforcement. Important school safety improvements, such as making sure none of the children go, so they'll be safe. <laughs> Repaired more than six thousand potholes on nearly four hundred streets. That number is insane. <laughs> It just I wish there were just percentages for all those things. Like, oh, 97 completed roadwork projects? I drive past 50 uncompleted roadwork projects from my house to my kid's school. 6,000 potholes on 400 streets means 15 potholes per street. Yeah. That's Swiss cheese. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the roads. That's so many. Yes. This is not her first year. This is the fifth year. You would think if you're still having to do this kind of thing that you have larger problems. Created. These are also like small potatoes issues when like, hey, we're also the murder capital of America. Shouldn't that be number one? Yeah, but. Your car is more likely than not to get stolen. They invested $51 million to support cultural events. <laughs> Did you see Andrea Bocelli's coming to the uh, Smoothie King Center? How many people are going to go to that? Anita Baker's going to be there. Not with him. <laughs> that would be funny. She's a baby face. I saw Duran Duran is coming too. I was like, what is going on? This is what your $51 million has gone. Look, would you rather see Duran Duran or would you rather walk safely to your car? Or would you rather walk safely to the place your car used to be? Where you parked your car. Well, LaToya is hungry like the wolf for improvements. (laughs) And I don't know any other Duran Duran songs. It's going to be it. (laughs) On that note, uh, thank you all, everyone, for listening. We do very, very much appreciate it. Uh, Please like, rate, subscribe, tell people that you like the show. Uh, We love doing this, even though uh, sometimes we run longer than others. Uh, Thank you. If you've hung on for this entire episode, we deeply, deeply appreciate it. Please email us, polkandkush at gmail.com. If you have uh, any stories you'd like us to cover or anything that you want to provide for feedback, Uh, we love each and every one of you. Thank you once again. See you.